Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Good Film Hunting, the podcast in which two sisters who live in opposite sides of the country meet on the airwaves to talk about some of their favorite films from childhood, some of their friends' favorite films from childhood, and today we have an incredible guest, Bree Russell, film scholar and librarian extraordinaire, to discuss with us the film <laughs> Land Before Time. Um, so, Bree, Bree, we're so happy to have you. Would you like to give us a little bit more kind of background information about you, your life, your interests? Oh, man. Um, uh, nothing really much to say. Uh, I am Bree. I work in a library. Uh, I am... Uh, was a film scholar, enjoy films till, and so excited to talk about Land Before Time. So excited. I mean, okay, so Brie, you didn't really describe it particularly well, but I would say one of the things I've always enjoyed most about you is you have very strong passions for, like, projects and people and musical groups and artists and filmmakers, and you take them, I wouldn't say to extremes, but like they are very near and dear to you, which is something I like really appreciate. So just for a little bit of context, would you be able to provide any information to our loyal listeners about some of the artists who have influenced you as a fan? Are you referring to Keanu Reeves? Yeah, well, I mean, why not? <laughs> perhaps with certain <laughs> things people and uh, 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 projects and uh, we met during grad school um, and grad school as anybody who's in it or has done it knows that it's very tough and demanding and exhausting and on the whole depressing mm. and so I became very uh, Keanu Reeves became a place of solace and inspiration <laughs> and so I've it's so funny so I watched like all of his movies all of the time and uh, often make little creative art projects using uh, that being said on Friday and I cannot wait. So excited. So pumped. There's so many things to be jazzed about and you listed so many, um, which is just great. I mean, especially I feel like sometimes in these dark times, Politically, we have to find solace in bright spots culturally. Oh, these are I'm just gonna like drop drop wisdom bombs left and right. Um, but <laughs> all right. <laughs> so our first segment of the podcast, we like to ask ourselves and each other, uh, our, ourselves and our guests, um, about something from this past week, either from the news from pop culture, something that has given us like unprecedented joy in whatever way we find it. So, um, Annie, cause we haven't heard quite from you yet today. What is something from this past week that's really like stuck out to you? I understand what it has to do with 
for the guys who are making it now. Um, but I did think that it was the journey itself was really beautiful. Um, and I don't know if they were, if the lumber guys were there making the wood door. If that, I mean, maybe I need to go back and watch it. But I like didn't really understand it, but I also was impressed by it. Um, Wait, what is it? I didn't. I missed <gasps> this. I didn't watch any of the Super Bowl. What? Okay. So, Brie, we'll have to share it with you. So this this is a really beautiful ad by this lumber company that I really don't think anyone in America had any thoughts or feelings or opinions about. Because, like, I don't know about you, but the last time I thought about lumber was when watching Little Rascals and they go to a lumber yard. And that was, like, truly the last time I thought of them. So, but the Lumber 84 ad is the story of um, an undocumented migrant and her young daughter and them coming to America and encountering the wall and it's like a five minute short film and they only were allowed to show part of it during the Super Bowl and it was so powerful that it crashed this lumber lumber company's website and it was a big deal but yeah so that Annie that was a good one that is great I'll have to look that up Mm -hmm. yeah it is really yeah so, Brie, like, you didn't watch the Super Bowl, which is fascinating, um, just, like, a kind of on a cultural level, but what what instead has inspired you or interested you this week? Um, uh, unfortunately, my thing is not current, um, but uh, on uh, Spotify, they do that Discovery Weekly <sighs> thing, and... Um, which is great. And it, it suggested this song by this woman named Lori Anderson, um, who apparently was married to Lou Reed. I had no idea. She's like avant-garde singer, whatever. And there's this song called Oh Superman that I have been obsessively play- replaying on repeat. And it's just so bleak and weird and like eight minutes long. And I don't know, it's just putting me in a weird zone and awesome headspace. And Yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to find that. So that is... Uh, like what's so perfect I mean to be honest like what has stuck with me most recently is not even something like I enjoyed so much but I don't know if you saw from SNL every Super Bowl season I guess they've been doing these Totino's pizza ad fake things and like the first one was really funny I think it was two or three years ago and it was like all about how like women aren't supposed to the joke is that women don't watch the Super Bowl and have to have have like a child's activity pack to like stay in the kitchen to entertain them while like they then bring men to Tina's pizza rolls um so it's like not really my thing but they do this every year now and I guess they had one on Saturday that featured Kristen Stewart in kind of this um reimagining of a Totino's commercial like a la blue is the warmest color or like Carol as kind of this like lesbian love story and it gave Bobby so much joy that it was like wonderful to witness in that sense even though it was really not my jam like I was like okay and that was about my response to it but I love seeing things cause other people so much joy So that is mine for the week. And now, as we move into the land before time, dear guest, would you be able to provide us with a brief short synopsis of Land Before Time and possibly the reason why you selected this film, among several, as emblematic of your childhood? Um, so you need a synopsis first? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Always the synopsis. 
always I just watched this too. Yeah, it's a short one. Um, that was something that I realized that um, I don't know, like time doesn't have any like when you're a kid, you don't have a concept concept of time, and then watching it, rewatching it, I was like, this movie's like very only a little over an hour long, but um, so short. It was so short. Um, but Land Before Time is you know dinosaurs, little baby dinosaurs who get separated from their families because of uh, the Great Shake, I think is what they call it. And they're trying to find the they're trying to find the Green Valley and basically not starve to death through the entire film. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that is all. It's like a really sad movie. It's incredibly okay. sad. Yeah. Wait, can I like jump in at this point? Sorry, I feel like I took over your synopsis. <laughs> you did. So I watched this movie today, and this has happened before, and I've told Eleanor about this, like right at the beginning of our podcast. Our very first podcast this happened. But I was watching in the office of my school because I like sometimes work after school. Today I was in the office, and so there's like two screens at the office desk. So I had the Land Before Time illegally streaming on one screen, <laughs> and like my email and stuff on the other. And people kept coming in and being like, "Oh, what movie are you watching today?" And they sent it in, and I was like, "Oh, it's Land Before Time. I got to watch it and podcasting about it today." And it was so interesting the reactions it got. Like all of the other teachers were like. Oh my gosh, this is one of my favorite movies. Like, this is one of my weird 80s children. And then all of the kids were like, oh, I remember this movie. I used to watch it a lot as a child. And they would, like, stop and, like, watch for a couple minutes with me. And, like, every single person was like, whoa, this is a lot sadder than I remember it. <laughs> like, every single person. It was kind of a... <laughs> it is... It's incredibly sad, and I remember watching it as a kid and being sad watching it, and then uh, watching it as an adult, it is just, every part of it is sad. There's nothing about it that's happy at all, <laughs> except for maybe the end. No. Other than, like, maybe f him finding friends along the way, like, other people to be sad with. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. because, I mean, even, so, like, when he first meets Sarah... The Triceratops. Mm -hmm. He's told that he can't be friends with any dinosaurs that aren't exactly like him. Like that's so sad. Yeah. But yeah. also for for good reason though too. At the same time, right? Because like other dinosaurs will presumably eat him, right? <laughs> I mean, not Sarah, but like other other dinosaurs, right? Non non herbivore dinosaurs. Well, okay, right. Also, I don't know if you guys. IMDb trivia about this. Did you know the little girl who voiced Sarah was 10 years old when she was murdered by her father? Like, she, like, essentially recorded her lines and then was murdered by her father. This is, this is so funny. What? There's, a, like, a, there's, like, a murder podcast I listen to, and I'm, like, on their Facebook. I looked at their Facebook right before we recorded, and that was the fact that came up. And I was, like, what? It's awful. It's yeah. so sad. Yeah, no. Wait, then who played the other movies? Well, Annie, there's been I I honestly looked on Netflix today. There's a Land Before Time like 19 that got released last year. I mean, if we're if we're talking about Land Before the Time, the one I remember the most is Land Before Time 2, um, where they 
they have the song, Let's Go and Run Around, Run Around. What a beautiful feeling we finally found. And then they get the egg. And then they have, like, the two other guys who, like, sing this song about eggs. But then the egg is born and it's a, uh, like, Tyrannosaurus Rex baby who has to go home with his family. And then Ducky is, like, so upset. But, so, I think that they've changed a lot of the voice actors. Okay, sidebar, though. You do realize... Did I interrupt? Can you interrupt? I need to. Because I'm on IMDb and... Diana Ross is in this movie. She is uncredited, but according to IMDb, she is a voice in this movie, and that's ridiculously amazing. Why is she one? She's the balladeer voice. I don't know what that means. What is that? I don't even know. Is that a singer, a song, uh, like a ballad? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Ooh. It's crazy, though, how popular these movies were. Like, I remember from youth, the, like, McDonald's had tons of stuff about them. It was crazy. Mm. Crazy. Mm. I think I only saw the first one. I Maybe I saw the second one or something, but I was very much a purist in that I was, I was very disinterested. And I think too old for any of the sequels. It was just, like, the original and that's that. You know. I'm older than you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, this movie came out when the year Eleanor you were born, which I didn't know. For some reason, I thought it was like more my childhood. Like I didn't really think of it as in like the eighties. Well, now you know. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, by the time I was able to like comprehend films, this movie was already like eight years old. Mm years old so anyway I mean that's like interesting to me um and again it was so funny to see the different teachers and like we have a pretty young staff of I would say between the ages of like 25 and like 40 and the people who were in like the 35 to 40 range like reacted to this movie so strongly like they were like yes this is the best movie ever i can't believe you're talking about this <laughs> um like so got into conversations about other 80s children's movies like we all decided labyrinth is like the weirdest movie ever we're definitely gonna have to podcast about that at some point yeah yeah <laughs> i mean brave little Sister, who which i haven't seen yet is apparently also really creepy also in the 80s but like peewee's like big adventure mm. apparently some um movie called howard the duck that sounds like very strange that i have never seen or heard of yeah um, that was based on a i haven't seen it but i know it was like it's supposed to be notoriously terrible and like based on a comic book series or something like that yes and it's a yes. guy in a big duck a guy in a big duck costume <laughs> yeah like actually a duck costume yeah yeah Oy. Mm. It's crazy. It is. Anyway, there's that. My okay, but Bree, so like, why did you pick this film? Um, uh, so I, uh, I mean, it was just so uh, a lot of the movies that I watched as a kid were, um, you know, ones that had been recorded from the television. So <laughs> I, there's certain films that kind of 
in my memory kind of go together, like are paired together in ways. So Mary Poppins and then Bedknobs and Broomsticks was recorded after it. So those, it's like I have to watch those two movies at the same time. Not that I watched this one. But Land Before Time was one of the very few films that I had that was actually, it's a, like was purchased in the VHS, like its own uh was not recorded from the television, was le- was acquired legitimately. And so it was always this added... Oh. Uh, yeah. Like it was like, I'm going to watch Land Before Time and be really sad. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is a very sad film. And I wonder if it's something, though, with dinosaur films, even if they're for children, like if they have to be sad, because dinosaurs no longer exist you know um this idea that they're going to die they will inevitably die that's even like i don't know if you saw the good dinosaur but that movie was so boring and also sad don't see it (laughs) don't see it i did yeah i missed that one you're not missing out well and i also i also wonder too i mean there's like some very hard lessons that are that are being taught in this film in terms of, uh, like, like friendship and, uh, and also like pride, like Sarah's so proud and just kind of a brat through the entire thing. And it's really difficult to watch. And, uh, and as a child, watching it as an adult, I realized as a child that I conflated the two things in that I thought that the mom died because like, I thought that the great shake and the shark, is it shark? Sharp tooth or shark tooth? Sharp tooth. Sharp tooth. I thought that those were the, the like, so, or I, I don't know. They don't have anything to do with each other. And then the, the other thing, but it's also like he causes the death of his plan. <laughs> it's just so brutal. <laughs> well, it, and that, it kind of, I was watching this movie today and I was like, it's kind of, Bambi-esque, like, very early on in the hero, like, uses his or in this case, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, has to, the whole movie is how this young it, Yeah, you there's know? such a band of misfits. Mm-hmm. But it's also, okay, so again, this is just doing kind of more contemporary research. I didn't realize that it was, like, a Steven Spielberg, George Lucas co-production. And it's the only film yes. they've, like, co-produced outside of Indiana Jones, which is so funny. Um, so bizarre. It's so bizarre. And I feel like they definitely have this trope of, like, this group of people who's definitely not supposed to be together going on adventures. And it's, like, them against the world. And they are, like, pretty dark films. It's also just funny, too, now, though, because particularly with work, I think it's so funny. And now I see Steven Spielberg's name, and I can only think of his, what's it called? Not really euphemism, but just the fact that we only ever refer to him as the founder. And I was like, oh, one of the founder's mm-hmm. films. <laughs> <laughs> it is the silliest. It is the silliest. <laughs> Eleanor, is it time for Radical Honesty? Yes. Wait, can I ask a question? Please. Sorry, wait, can I ask a question? Yeah, of course. Did you guys... So when I was watching, re-watching this film as an adult, I was definitely having a, a conflict of, like, I don't know if I like this movie. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you guys had... Like, if it still held up for you guys. Like, from like I loved this right. movie so much as a child. And, like, watching it as an adult, I was... 
like I don't I don't I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know if I'm enjoying this very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. I I was overall just like saddened by it. Like I was like, oh, yeah. like not a movie you want to watch on a Monday, you know? Like it didn't freak <laughs> me up at all. So definitely different. I've been feeling that way though about most movies that we've been rewatching as adults because you have such great memories of them. I was actually having this conversation with someone about the movie Sing, the new movie, which is so dumb Mm. and it doesn't have a plot and it's so upsetting and it's very apparent to me that it doesn't have a plot, but I wonder if I was young, I would just not care. Because I know Annie said that like mm. all of her students are upset, obsessed with this movie, and it's so bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm-hmm. because, but it's also same with Fantasia. Oh, mm-hmm. like rewatching Fantasia. Actually, rewatching Fantasia as an adult, I appreciated a lot more, even though I realized that yeah. there were there were certain sequences that we didn't watch when we were kids because like all we could handle were the little like cherubs running around in grapes and like the dancing hippos and stuff like that I was cool with like the like giant like cloak of death enveloping yeah. the town like not on board with um no, no thanks Greg. yeah no but I, I would agree like I didn't particularly like this film I did okay so I don't know Brie what are your thoughts this is a related question I swear what are your thoughts and opinions about the movie Newsies the Kenny Ortega classic. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't seen Newsies um, since I was young, but I really loved Newsies as a kid. And um, I didn't understand the film. I, I know because it was very complicated and there were a lot of themes that I was completely unaware of. But I knew it was like, as a child, I knew it was dark and bad. Um, but man, loved it. Yeah. Well, okay, so I bring it up because uh, Spot Conlon, you know, the representative of Brooklyn, Mm. maybe you don't remember, but he's the voice of Littlefoot, and I remember finding that out when I was, like, 14 and, like, loving it because Spot Conlon was, like, the cutest, and he, like, says, like, never fear, Brooklyn is here, and it's the best thing in the world. (laughs) That's awesome. So then moving into the moment of radical honesty, I would say... I would say one of my things with radical honesty is I do get very, I'm starting to become more anxious um, as I become more comfortable with people. I feel like I admit too early on that I really don't like animals, which really upsets most people. And (laughs) you don't like animals? No, (laughs) I like really prefer people. (laughs) Oh man. And so I, I, I do think that's the case. And it was like yesterday I was wearing these like owl socks, which are great. And then someone was like, oh, that's like funny. Like you have owl socks. I was like, yeah, I love animal socks. It's like I'm walking on them all day long. And they're like, wow, oh, that was like really harsh. And I was like, that's dark. Maybe I am that- taking it dark. too far. <laughs> Fantasizing. Squashing. <laughs> I mean, and they're, like, brightly colored. I guess that's the thing. Is like, I like brightly colored. Maybe that's, okay, moment of radical honesty. If I had to buy a pair of socks, they would be brightly colored and have animals on them. 
What a weirdo. Okay, well then share your radical honesty, Annie. So my radical honesty for today is that yesterday I was driving my mom's new car. She's literally had it for a week. And I drove it into the city. She let me. I kept asking her. I was like, you don't have to let me do this. Like, I can come back out to the burbs and, like, whatever. She was like, no, no, no. You just take it. Well, I get in the car to drive to meet them. And then, like, it says that there's low tire pressure. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll get to, like, my parents. We'll go to a gas station. We'll fill it up. We'll be fine. And then I see this taxi behind me. I'm, like, in the city of Chicago. I see this taxi behind me that's, like, waving me down and pulling me over. And it turns out I had, like, a super flat tire. And I had to, like, pull over and, like, call roadside assistance and, like, they can't, it was so funny. I'm pretty sure they thought I, like, had stolen the car. Because they were like, what's the car's number? And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> they were like, what model? I'm like, literally didn't see this car before today. So I'm really sorry. I need to, like, get out of the car and figure this out. Um, but it was, it all worked out. And it was fine. But it was definitely where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And this is why I don't own a car. The um, so radical honesty, I'm a girl. And I'm a pretty strong I'd like to th- say, and I cannot change a tire. And you know what? I'm proud of that. I called roadside assistance, <laughs> and it worked. Also, I think like neither of our parents know how to change tires, so no one would have taught you how to. Unless, like, I guess exactly. you, could, you could learn off of YouTube. Maybe that should be one of your like 2018 like ambitions. You know what? I don't really care. It's <laughs> really easy to have to come and change it, and I understand the general. Love it, so I'm like, I'm good. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. Bree, how about your moment of radical honesty? <laughs> Mine seems so silly now. I was thinking about this, but uh, I was going to confess uh, that last week I had Taco Bell two nights in a row. <laughs> like a garbage person. <laughs> okay. Annie, I have to tell you, okay, so one of Bree's, I, Bree treats Instagram like performance art, and it's always, like, again, there's so many things, like, I love about Bree, but particularly her Instagram persona of hashtag garbage person might be my (laughs) favorite thing in the world. (laughs) That's what I am, though, it's true. Because it will literally, I, we we have, yeah, okay, so... Continue to tell your radical honesty, and I'm gonna pull up an example for Annie. <laughs> well, it was it was, um, you know, I had it two nights in a row, and then uh, by the second night, though, I hadn't removed the trash from the night before out of my car. So then I had like two Taco Bell bags next to each other in my car, and I was like, "This is too much. This is disgusting." But then I left it there, and then my roommate was gonna be in my car because we were gonna go out, and so I had to like covertly throw it in the trash but like not at our house like at work because I didn't want her to see it but she's like standing in the kitchen right now hearing me tell the story so now she knows <laughs> that's so funny that's me okay so so and I found a the first Instagram pro- post is like very telling of this garbage person mentality that she adopts which is Graveyard of attempted rocket origami at work. Hashtag garbage person. And it's just like a picture of origami at her desk. It's ideal. It's ideal. Ugh. That is so funny. Yeah. 
Mm. Love it. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. I'm working on a book. <laughs> you could you could absolutely make a book from it for <laughs> sure. For <laughs> really sure. For myself, written. As, yeah. 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 A love letter to my garbage garbageness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, like in today's America, just like that title itself would sell so well. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it would be perfect. All right. So then, then let's transition into our final film-related portion of the podcast, which is we can claim it as such. Um, do we? Would we recommend? Land Before Time to the youth of America, particularly girls, or would we classify it as a garbage film? <laughs> <laughs> that was well played, Eleanor. I had time. Um, so actually, as I was watching this movie, I actually would show this to my students. Um, not all of them, because I actually think that for some of them, the, the losing of the mother and, like, the losing of family could be, like, quite devastating and quite dramatic. Uh, but if I was to do it as, like, a way to teach kids about dinosaurs, I actually don't think it does a terrible job. Um, now, of course, them all interacting is, like, a little bit unrealistic but I mean you get the idea that the long necks have the long necks to like get to the top of the trees and like the triceratops have like different things that keep them safe and and um that sort and it talks a lot about like herbivores versus omnivores so I mean I do think that there is some like educational value here I think emotionally it could be really hard for children because it is very sad but okay alternatively okay so i'm gonna interject and possibly i didn't expect it but i i think i would agree and say yes to the youth of america because it feels as if none of their films nowadays and good dinosaur did not do well um (laughs) like critically commercially but none of their films really deal with death and sadness in the way that, like, the films of yesteryear did. Um, sure. So are we teaching Are we teaching the youth of today that they're, like, is, that suffering is not real? Are we not preparing them? Like, these are things we have to um, wrestle with. Sure. Yeah. You're right. 100%. So. Yeah. I think... Uh, Although I am a garbage person, I do not think that this is a garbage film. And uh, I absolutely would recommend it for the youth of America for that reason and that it is really difficult and deals with really heavy themes that I think are... Because, like, being a kid is super stressful and scary and uncertain, and there's just, like, you don't have control over your environment, and I feel like this film very much encapsulates that while also emphasizing the power of diversity and, like, working with people who are other than you and like your friends and like the power of friendship. I don't know. It's great, but also upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) The combination of great and upsetting. Which is ideal. (laughs) Ideal. (laughs) All right. I liked, I liked how we kind of went on an emotional journey even within this conversation about this film. And that felt very deep and meaningful to me. Should um, I start crying? I expected um, I expect nothing less than tears at the end of every podcast taping. But 
Exactly that. Instead, what I will do is I will ask you, if you could go anywhere in the world today, where would you go and why? Uh, man, I knew I forgot that this was one of the questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can skip the, um, we, if you need a moment, I can put Annie on the spot. Yeah, go Annie. Um, okay. If I could go anywhere right now, I, I, I'm still feeling San Francisco. I said San Francisco yesterday, but I'm still feeling San Francisco. I'm feeling good coffee, good wine, sunshine, and hiking. Maybe, so I'm going to say San Fran. Maybe you're just, like, intuiting it because she went to – Brie went to Berkeley. So she's, like, all up in the Northern California. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Brie, I'm obsessed with Phil's coffee. It's, like, all I can uh, think about when I'm tired. It's very powerful coffee. Yeah, it's so good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tasty. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. That is a good choice. So, I miss the Bay Area. It's very nice there. Mm-hmm. I would say for me, I would also lean towards the Pacific Northwest, but I would go Vancouver because I've never been and I've always wanted to go. Oh. Uh, I've never been either. That's a good one. Um, I want to go too. We should take I a don't... trip, a garbage people trip, to Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> Trash the yes, city. That's so <laughs> Just a snail trail of trash. Uh, I think if I had to pick anywhere, uh, in Santa Barbara, there was this yurt that used to exist in like the hills of Santa Barbara, and it closed down. And it was just this beautiful, like, no Wi-Fi, just the yurt, and you could just sit and sleep and lounge. And I just would, I want to go there and lounge super hard right now. <laughs> That's beautiful. That sounds quite playful. I feel like we're all very, you know how each month, in a sense, has kind of a feeling? I feel like February is, like, the lounge month. Like, mm-hmm. and nobody really has the opportunity to lounge in February, but it's all anyone ever wants. Is lounging. Yeah. I would agree with that. That's every month, though, really. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag garbage person. (laughs) Hashtag garbage person, for sure. (laughs) Don't fuck. I'm, like, obsessed with this hashtag now. (laughs) Use it. Spread it. (laughs) Make it it a thing, Annie. Make it a thing. The gospel of garbage. Your book will be wild successful, and you can give me a tenth. (laughs) I don't think you understand how modern, I won't even ask. modern publishing works, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. It doesn't matter. Give me a 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, on that note, we will end this episode of Good Film Hunting featuring our favorite garbage person, Bree Russell. <laughs> Thanks so much for having and, me. Thank you so much. I apologize for like now being on my bed, like falling asleep unintentionally. I just needed to charge my thing, so now I'm like, ah. <laughs> it's okay, Annie. You're expressing your inner garbage person. Uh, yes, I've taught you well. <laughs> and on that note, Brie, 
Thank you so much. Hopefully we'll have you on again soon. In the meantime, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Stitcher, Player FM, SoundCloud, Google Play. I need to like have the list ready to go because I always just make them up on the spot, but I think we're on all of them. <laughs> we're available everywhere you the podcast other than Spotify. Because they don't like us, but one day, one day we'll rule them all. True. We'll show them. All right. World domination. The world domination of garbage people. It's going to be yes. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here's hoping okay, that we bye, don't yeah. go to a land after time. All right. I tried. I tried. Oh, that's good. (laughs) All right. And a good night to all. (laughs) Thank you.